0: Chapter 18 of Balsamo the Magician by Alexandre Dumas. Translated by Henry L. Williams. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Countess of Bayern. A hackney coach, stopping at the doorway of Chancellor Mapieu, President of Parliament, induced the porter to deign to stalk out to the door of the vehicle and see why the way was thus blocked. He saw an old lady in an antiquated costume. She was thin and bony, but active, with cat's eyes rolling under gray brows. But, poverty-stricken though she appeared, the porter showed respect as he asked her name. "'I am the Countess of Bayern," she replied. "'But I fear that I shall not have the fortune to find his lordship at home.' "'My lord is receiving,' answered the janitor. "'That is—' "'He will receive your ladyship.' "'The old lady stepped out of the carriage, "'wondering if she did not dream, "'while the porter gave two jerks to a bell-rope. "'An usher came to the portals, "'where the first servant motioned that the visitor might enter. "'If your ladyship desires, "'speech with the Lord High Chancellor,' said the usher. "'Step this way, please.' "'They do speak ill of this official,' uttered the lady.' "'But he has the good trait that he is easily accessible. "'But it is strange that so high an officer of the law "'should have opened doors.' "'Chancellor Maupieux, buried in an enormous wig "'and clad in black velvet, was writing in his study "'where the door was open. "'On entering, the old countess threw a rapid glance around, "'but, to her surprise, there was no other face than hers "'and that of the law lord,' thin, yellow, and busy, reflected in the mirrors. He rose in one piece and placed himself with his back to the fireplace. The lady made three courtesies according to the rule. Her little compliment was rather unsteady. She had not expected the honor. She never could have believed that a cabinet minister would give her some time out of his business or his repose. Maupieu replied that time was no less precious to subject than his majesty's minister's, although preference had to be given to persons with urgent affairs. Consequently, he gave what leisure he had to such clients. "'My lord,' said the old lady with fresh courtesies, "'I beg most humbly to speak to your excellency of a grave matter, on which depends my fortune. You know that my all depends, or rather my son's.' "'On the case sustained by me against the Salucha family, "'you are a friend of that family, "'but your lordship's equity is so well known "'that I have not hesitated to apply to you.' "'The Chancellor was fondling his chin, "'but he could not help a smile to hear his fair play extolled. "'My lady, you are right in calling me friend of the Seleucia.' but I laid aside friendship when I took the seals of office up. I look into your business simply as a juris consultus. The case is soon coming on. In another week, I should beg your lordship to look over my papers. I have done so already. Oh, what do you think of it? I beg to say that... You ought to be prepared to go home and get the money together, to pay the costs, for you will infallibly lose the case. Then my son and I are ruined. Unless you have friends at court to counterbalance the influence of the Salooch brothers, who are linked with three parts of the courtiers. In fact, I know not if they have an enemy.' "'I am sorry to hear Your Excellency say this.' "'I am sorry to say so, for I really wanted to be useful to your ladyship.' The Countess shuddered at the tone of feigned kindness, for she seemed to catch a glimpse of something dark in the mind, if not the speech of the Chancellor. If that obscurity could be swept away, she fancied she would see something favourable to her. "'Do you know nobody at court?' he insisted, only some old noblemen, probably retired, who would blush to see their old friend so poor. I have my right of entry to the palace, but what is the good? Better to have the right to enter into enjoyment of my two hundred thousand livres. Work that miracle, my lord." Judges cannot be led astray by private influence. He said, forgetting that he was contradicting himself. Why not, however, apply to the new powers, eager to make recruits? You must have known the royal princesses. They have grown out of remembrance. The Prince Royal? I never knew him. Besides, he is dwelling too much on his bride, who is on the road hither to do any one a good turn. Mo oh, Why not address the favourites? The Duke of Soise? No. The other the Countess Du Barry, said the Prude, opening her fan, Yes, she is good-hearted, and she likes to do kindnesses to her friends. I am of too old a line for her to like me. That is where you are wrong, for she is trying to ally herself with the old families. But I have never seen her. What a pity! Or her sister Chon, the other sister Bishy. Her brother Jean, or her negro boy's amour? What? Is her negro a power at court? Indeed he is. A uh, black who looks like a pug-dog, for they sell his picture in the streets. How was I to meet this blackamoor, my lord? And the dame drew herself up, offended. It is a pity you did not. "'For Zermore would win your suit for you. "'Ask the dukes and peers of the realm who takes candies to him at Marly or... "'Lucienne, I am the Lord High Chancellor, but what do you think I was about when your ladyship called? "'Drawing up the instructions for him as governor of Lucienne, to which Zermore has been appointed?' "'The Count of Bayern was recompensed for his services of twenty years.' With merely the same title, what degradation, is the monarchy indeed going to the dogs? cried the indignant lady, I do not know about the government, but the crumbs are going to them, and, faith, we must scramble among them to get the tidbits away from them, if you wanted to be welcomed by Lady Dubarry. You could do no better than carry these papers for her pet to her. It is plain that fate is against me, for though your lordship has kindly greeted me, the next step is out of the question. Not only am I to pay court to a du but I must carry her negro boy's appointment— "'a black whom I would not have deigned "'to kick out of my way on the street.' "'Suddenly the usher interrupted. "'Viscount Jean du Barry. "'The Chancellor dropped his hands in stupor "'while the old petitioner sank back in an armchair "'without pulse or breath. "'Our old acquaintance pranced in with his arm in a sling. "'Oh, engaged? "'Pray, do not disturb yourself, my lady.' I want only a couple of minutes to make a complaint, a couple of his precious minutes. They have tried to murder me. I did not mind their making fun at us, singing lewd ballads, slandering and libeling us. But it is too much of a vile thing to weigh, lay, and murder. But I am interrupting the lady. This is the Countess of Bayern, said the Chancellor, Duberry drew back gracefully to make a proper bow, and the lady did the same for her courtesy, and they saluted as ceremoniously as though they had been in court. After you, Viscount, she said, my case is about property, yours about honor, and so takes the lead. Profiting by her obligingness, Duberry unfolded his complaint. "'You will want witnesses on your side,' observed the Chancellor. "'That is awkward, for everybody there seems to be on the other side.' "'Not everybody,' interrupted the Countess, "'for if the affray was the one that happened in Chaussee Village, "'I can be your witness. "'I came through there a couple of hours after, "'and all were talking of it.' ''Have a care, my lady,'' said the viscount, ''for if you speak in my favor, you will make an enemy of Choiseul.'' ''She ought to lean on your arm, then. Though one is wounded, it will soon be healed, and the other is still formidable,'' said the law-lord, while the old dame rolled from one gulf into another. ''Ah, but I know another whose arms are perfect.'' "'said Jean merrily. "'And service for service. "'She will offer your ladyship hers. "'I am going straight to my sister, "'and I offer you a seat in my carriage.' "'But without motive, without preparations,' "'faltered the countess. "'Here is your excuse,' whispered Marpeu, "'slipping Zamor's governmental instructions into her sallow.' wrinkled hand. My Lord Chancellor, you are my deliverer, she gasped, and the Viscount is the flower of the chivalry. Indeed, a splendid coach in the royal colors was waiting at the doors. The countess placed herself in it, swelling with pride. Jean entered likewise and gave the word for the departure. In her joy at this smooth sailing, The countess forgot that she had wanted to lay a private complaint before the chancellor as head of the legal fraternity. It may be remembered that John had decoyed her into travelling to Paris by pretending to be the daughter of her lawyer, Flageau. What was her amazement, therefore, on calling on that gentleman to learn that not only was he a bachelor without a daughter, but that he had no good news to impart to her on her suit? Burning with disappointment she had sought a remedy against this lawyer or this woman who had hoaxed her. End of chapter eighteen Recording by John Van Stan, Savannah, Georgia.